Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one of a kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, bet you get 20, 20, 20, bet you get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. I spend most of the time in the podcast telling you what to do to be happy in all your relationships, which of course I love because, you know, I'm a bossy Jewish mother. But today I'm flipping things around and sharing the top seven habits I see all the time with clients and all over the place that are killing your relationship. And I say relationships because I'm going to talk about all kinds of relationships today. So stay tuned to hear the seven things you need to stop if you want to have connected, happy, and thriving relationships. And look at that. I still get to be a bossy Jewish mother. I'm Dr. Abby Metcalf, and I'm a psychologist, number one Amazon bestselling author, TEDx speaker, and all-around relationship maven. With over 30 years of experience helping people create connection, joy, and ease in all their relationships. What's my secret? Well, besides being totally hilarious, I help you think differently so you can approach your relationships in a completely new way. I'm the best deal in town because the tools I teach apply to all your relationships, which allows you to simplify your life and find the confidence, calm, and deep love you've been craving. Combining my hands-on experience and all the latest research, I've created actionable tips and tools you can apply quickly and easily to create lasting change in all your relationships today. So let's get to it. Welcome back. We're here. Welcome back to the podcast. Very excited to be here today with everyone. I love this topic we're about to cover. A lot of you wrote in about it um, in different ways, looking for Thing talking about things you're doing that you weren't aware were actually hurting the relationship. So I put them all together today uh, so that we can really help you get from point A to point B. I hope you had a wonderful Valentine's Day here in the United States. We you would have celebrated that this past week uh, if you're listening to this right when it drops. And uh, I hope you remembered that I love you. I don't know who you were with or what you were doing, but I'm sending all the goods. And I want to just say uh, again that I have all this wonderful merchandise on the website and I'm offering 10% off until March 8th, 
2022. I'm not sure when you're listening to this, but if you're listening before then, you can go to the website, go to the shop section, and you'll see all the merchandise. You can have a cool notebook that says self-meditated. And uh, you could have a great mug that says addicted to hope. And you could have all kinds of really cool things. And the the code is love it, all in capitals, L-O-V-E-I-T. Love it, love it, all one word, all capitals for your 10% off until March 8th. You know you want to be a part of that. Okay, <laughs> I know, I'm excited. I wanna spread the love. So, and as I said earlier today, I'm gonna mostly be focusing on romantic relationships because I think that's you know just kind of easiest as I'm talking, but I wanna tell you right now that these are habits that are hurting all your relationships. So even if you're single listening, you really, you really wanna be keep listening because everything I'm gonna share today can be applied to, you know, your relationship with your your sister, your best friend, your boss, your father, whoever. It really, it's really everywhere. So, so let's get to it. Without further ado, uh, unhealthy habit number one is not saying how you really feel about something. Oi, 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 you make me crazy with this. This is one of the worst habits really you can have. I might be saying that about every one, today, one of these today, but... <laughs> When you don't say what you're really thinking or feeling about something, you end up feeling resentful, disappointed, hurt, and abandoned. Even though you're the one who abandoned yourself by not not saying anything when you were supposed to. Every time you stuff a feeling or don't voice a thought, you're telling the other person you don't trust them. I know. I know. You need to see it from that angle. That's because that's what it is. You don't trust them enough to be vulnerable. To be honest, it means that your relationship is going to suffer because without trust, and I don't care, again, what kind of relationship we're talking about, everything starts to deteriorate. You know this. And the other issue, and this is important, is that the other person knows you're not sharing. They can feel the, the lie, for lack of a better word, the omission. They can feel that. And that also deteriorates trust because, remember, we always fill in the blanks with our brains. So I'm picking up on some energy from you. I'm not sure what's going on, but I can tell that something's off. And again, it just really creates a problem. And then, by the way, when you do finally say something that's real for you, the other person often might not even believe it because you've had so many times when you haven't said something, so they're not sure. Uh, And, you know, remember what I talk about a lot, our conscious brains process information at a rate of 50 bits per second while our unconscious brains, subconscious brains process information at a rate of 11 million bits per second. So people hear what you, people hear what you mean, not what you say. So if you're again, holding things and you know, you've picked up on it a million times when someone wasn't being honest with you, or they were saying all the right things, but you didn't think they really felt that way. You can feel it. And this is happening when you do it also. Nobody is that good an actor. People pick up on it. You can fake it for a while, but eventually someone's going to pick up on it. And I also want to be clear that when I say, say how you really feel about something, I, what do I, what I also mean is that you're entitled to your to your true feelings, but not your reactions. I've said this a few times, right? You're entitled to your true feelings, but not your reactions. So uh, you, 
you know, you might be saying, well, I do share my feelings, but are you really, again, what's under the anger? What's under the resentment? Do you feeling hurt? You feeling not heard, not listened to, um, discounted, rejected, abandoned, sad. These are the things that are under. So if you're focusing on, you know, if you, if you say, well, I did share and then I, you know, people don't like it. Just make sure that you're sharing what's real, what's really real underneath. What I always quote that Celeste Ang line, anger is the bodyguard of fear. And, you know, that's what happens. You, you got to get real with it. And you got to remember, too, a lot of times you don't share your feelings selfishly because you don't like the reaction you're getting. You know, I, I had a it was I had a client recently who wanted to hang with his buddies on a Friday night, but he he knew his wife wouldn't, actually his fiance, wouldn't like it. So he told her he had to work late, but then he went out with his friends. And his thinking was, and when he was talking to me about it, you know, I'm not hurting anyone. I'm not, it's not like I'm cheating. I, I'm not looking for other people. I just want this time. And I just want to see my friends, but she'll be upset and give me grief. And I, and I don't want to deal with it. But this is really about not saying how you really feel about something. And, and, and I, as I told my client, you know, he was really undermining his relationship and creating cracks in the foundation by avoiding these kinds of conversations. Because once you start avoiding like this and not really saying what you're feeling, again, your partner's picking up on it. So it's deteriorating from there, but it also becomes a slippery slope and it gets easier and easier not to share what's real for you. So you, you, you got to come out and you got to say what's really going on. Okay. Unhealthy habit number two that I see quite a bit is prioritizing other things over your partner. And I will say that this is one of those habits that I'm just going to say about romantic relationships, but uh, I guess it could be about anything. Um, everything else, you know, comes first. And I see this quite a bit where people are, um, you know, work is more important. Kids are more important. Uh, you know, doing other things is more important than your partner. So when you're always choosing other things over being with your partner, it's it's a problem. Uh, or not just being with your partner, but of thinking of them first, you know, of having them take priority in your life. And I get it. Work comes up, other friends come up, things come up. I'm not saying that, you know, that's not going to happen, but it shouldn't be the only thing that happens. And, uh, you know, I'll tell you something interesting. So I, when I'm doing couples work with people, I do not do sessions late at night. I don't do it. And I'll tell you why. <laughs> Number one, I'm kind of burnt. We all know I wake up really early in the morning. So you don't want to, I'm not at my best. I'm not worth the money at eight o'clock at night. Okay. But the real reason I do this, because I could shift my schedule. The real reason I do this is because people just think about it. So my relationship is in a horrible place, Right. It, I'm, I'm dying. I'm enough that I need couples therapy, that I feel like I need some help. Yet I won't even prioritize the help. I will put it at the very end of the day, seven o'clock, eight o'clock at night. You don't see your medical doctor at seven or eight o'clock at night, not on the regular, you, unless you're in the emergency room. If, 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 you know, something is physically happening, right? I'm like, oh, my, my, my stomach is really hurting. I need to get this checked out. You don't say, well, I have to work all day, so I can't be there till eight o'clock at night. You don't do that. So you, you guess what? You take time off during the day and you go and you go to the doctor. Now, why isn't that true for our mental health? Why do we, because that's how, you know, this country and many countries treat mental health. 
as if it's a secondary thing, as if it's not as important. And then on top of that, we do it with our partners. We're saying kids are more important during the day, all the things I have to do, my work, everything else, everything else is more important. And that's a problem. And especially if you're doing, you know, if these days with everything on Zoom, like your couples therapy is an hour out of your workday when you're still fresh, you know, make it a priority. Once a week, you can't take an hour? Really? Are you sure? You've decided that's true, but I don't think it really is true. And I know it's not because guess what? I've had lots of people, you know, want to work with me and they fight it at first, <laughs> usually, not always, but usually. And then they guess what? They figure it out. And I have had so many people mention to me how much better it is to do the therapy during the day that they can see the change and how much fresher they are. I mean, think of that. You're paying good money to see this therapist or whoever. And again, if this is the most important thing in your world, but you're putting it last I'm after everything's done, it's like, you know, when you don't prioritize sex in your relationship and it's always at the very end of the night, you know, only in bed after everything's done and checked off a list, it's a problem. So really think about when your partner asks for something and think about what your responses have been. Are you prioritizing them day to day? And yeah, you can do it every day. You can do it every day. And if you're fighting me, I want, you know, right now you're like, no, I can't, Abby. I, <laughs> I know that's not your voice because I love you, but you know what I'm saying. If you're fighting it, I want you to take a minute and think, why are you fighting what I'm saying so hard? Why, if it, you wouldn't be fighting this so hard unless there was some truth in here that you had to deal with. So yeah, and don't be all dramatic. Well, I can't quit my job. Nobody asked you to quit your job. Get, take a break, get, take a breath right now. I, I say with love, come on now, don't go all the way to the other side. Don't get nuts on me, but really think about there's ways to prioritize during the day. It might just be that you call your partner during the day and tell them that you love them. It might be that you, um, you know, set up your work day in a different way. It might be that you wake up earlier to get some stuff you need to get done for you so that you have time and energy left later for your partner. There's a million ways you can do this that don't require, you know, ridiculous acts of God, but you have to be thinking. I, I hear all the time, you know, I will tell you this. If you're about to get divorced or break up with your person, you can't stop thinking about it. It is going to overtake your life. You think it's hard now? Try being separated, especially if you have kids. It, it's Your whole life's going to blow up. So why aren't you putting this as a priority now? Our whole lives feel better when we feel connected and happy in our relationships. Our jobs are better. Our shitty jobs are made great when our home life is great. I will tell you that. Uh, I call that the Sandra Bullock effect. Remember, I don't know if you remember many years ago when Sandra Bullock won the Oscar, at the same time, her home life was imploding. Her husband was like cheating on her and they had all these things out in the press and everything else. And it is, there is no doubt that she would have given back that Oscar a thousand times over if her home life had been happy and wonderful and great and loving and just everything she needed there there's we that is how we feel great at the end end of the day so make your relationship a priority okay unhealthy habit number 3 being on the opposite team I talk about this all the time. I've got tons of podcast episodes on this and competing and keeping score and how pro what a problem that is, but I still see it all the time. It's your turn to put away the dishes. 
I took Sophie to baseball practice on Monday. So it's your turn to take Jack to, you know, basketball on Tuesday. I, you spent mo- this much money on something fun for yourself. So I'm going to spend this much money on something fun for myself. You went out with your friends the other night, you know, so now I get a night where I'm off. You know, we do this friggin' tit for tat crap all the time. You cannot be on the opposite side from your partner and expect fabulous things. It's not going to happen because if we're on opposite teams, I don't want you to win. I want my team to win, which means also that I am not going to be happy or supportive for your wins because I'm going to see them as taking something from me. So everything has to be a we. If you have an issue with your partner, if your sex life sucks and you want more sex and they want less, that is not their problem. It is it is a we issue. It is something we have to work out. If you wish that, you know, if you really want to buy a house and your partner doesn't care, right? That is not a them problem. That is a we thing. Our goals. What are what's important about this to us? How can we talk about this? How can we problem solve these different things we both want? How can I hold what you want as just as correct and right and real and valid? as what I want. That's really the key. And when we start to do that, when we start to see that we are, again, on the same team, that we are, we are drained when our partner is drained. We're not, we, that you want your partner uplifted and feeling great, just like you want. Once we get in that headspace Everything changes for the better. And I mean everything. I did a, my whole TED talk was on this, The Real Reason Relationships Fail. I'll link to that in the show notes also, or you can just search it on YouTube, Abby Metcalf TED Talk. You'll be right there. If you haven't seen it yet, you should. It's quite fabulous. Uh, <laughs> you know, uh, again, I have tons of stuff on the website that I'll, you know, uh, tons of episodes on this that I'll link back to, but I can't say it enough that this is the real problem. This is the real reason you don't communicate. This is the real reason things fall apart. You are having a subtle competition with your partner. You're always looking at what they're doing or not doing, and you're always comparing it to what you do, and you're deciding you do it better and more. You're keeping track of what they do. Oh, well, I did this, this, and this. Well, I took the kids on Saturday morning. Yeah, but I do them on the other mornings. Yeah, I. it's like, blah. this is getting you into huge trouble. Everybody feels like they're doing more than the other person. Everybody feels like they're at the end of their ropes and doing everything they can. So how do you, again, if things don't feel good, instead of looking to your partner to make them feel better, look to the two of you as a shared battery to figure something out. Okay. All right. Did I, I feel like I was just lecturing. Sorry. I got really caught up in my in my moment there, but I, this is really, obviously if I did a Ted talk on it, you can imagine this is one of the big things. It's chapters in my book. Uh, if you haven't got my book yet, highly recommend it. Um, be happily married. Even if your partner won't do a thing, uh, Amazon number one bestseller, give a little shout out. Yay, Abby. Good job. So I am just saying that like, you got to get to this. Okay. Unhealthy habit number four, uno, dos, tres, cuatro. Uno, dos, tres, cuatro. I don't know where I got diez. That's that's a different number. Uh, Number four. (laughs) All the Spanish speakers are like, shut up, Abby. What are you doing? (laughs) Number four, getting defensive when someone is giving you feedback. Uh Uh-huh. I I did do a whole episode on how to listen without getting defensive and hurt. 
uh, if you haven't listened to it yet, go listen. But let me give you a little uh, 411 right now. If your partner or, or really anyone comes to you with an issue, you need to be mindful enough not to disagree, not to get defensive, and not to get angry. Your only response in the moment that you are getting feedback or someone is telling you something that's bothering them is to listen and really agree that the other person feels this way. You're you're not agreeing that they should feel this way. I get it. You think they're blowing it out of proportion. You think they're wrong. You think all the things. I don't care. I mean that you nod and hear them and really listen because what they're saying is their truth. It's what's true for them. And we have to understand that. And you just, I can't say this enough. I, I, so let me say this. The number one rule when you're getting feedback or someone telling you something or bringing you something they'd like to see different or changed or they don't like, the number one thing you have to remember, if nothing else, is not to rebut what the other person is saying. I, that's what I see more than anything, all the friggin' time. When your immediate reaction is a rebuttal and telling them why they're wrong, you're missing the friggin' point. You're missing the whole point of why they're coming to you. If Gary comes to me and says I feel he feels neglected in the relationship, right, that I'm not putting him as a priority, my response can't be, what are you, crazy? Well, let me show you all the way. This is what we usually do. We list, we do the thing I just said, the competition, the keeping score. We list all the reasons why they are crazy to think this. Well, well how could you feel neglected? Yesterday we had, uh, I gave you a blowjob this morning. Yesterday we went here. I picked up your dry cleaning. I cooked you your favorite meal yesterday. We went to the thing, you know, listing all the ways. How could this person possibly feel neglected? Guess what? Missing the point. They are telling you that all the things you are doing are not hitting for some reason. What you want to find out, because I got to tell you, half the time you're wasting your time. You're doing things that you like to see done. I like to cook. So I like to cook for everybody. I like to make sure everyone has food. Guess what? My wonderful Gary could care less about food. If he could take a pill every day and that would be it, he would do it. I know, it drives me nuts. So he's obviously not Jewish. Uh, so, But that's how he is. So when I'm trying to take care of him by cooking and doing all this stuff, he doesn't need that. That's not, that's not, that's what makes me feel good. It And yeah, I'm not saying he doesn't like it. Who doesn't like, you know, having a meal? But that's not what he needs. And I'm deciding it's what he needs. And so how dare he feel neglected if I'm doing all these things? It's much better to ask and find out what he would like to see and then do those things. But you got to get out of telling people that they're wrong for feeling away, that that whatever they're thinking is wrong, that you're right. Because again, you're missing the point. They're telling you their perceptions, what they are seeing. It doesn't matter what you meant. It doesn't matter your intentions. It doesn't matter that they're crazy as a bed bug as far as you're concerned. If you want a relationship with this person, and I don't care if this is, you know, uh, Bob from accounting, who I always talk about. I, I told you Bob's to write in if you want me to come up with a different name. Uh, <laughs> I don't care if it's Bob from accounting, but you got to work with this guy. I don't care if it's your partner or your mom. You, you've got to figure this out. You need to be present and mindful so you can notice the reactions you're having. You're, you're going to have to really stay in touch with your feelings throughout a conversation. You know, notice if your shoulders are tensing up. Take a deep breath. Push yourself to relax. 
Uh, name your own feelings as often as possible when you're talking to someone. This can even be part of the conversation. Like if you're noticing that you're feeling defensive, you can sort of stop and you might even, you know, ask yourself, okay, what am I feeling right now? What's going on right here? <laughs> you know, they're just telling me this. Why am I having such a strong reaction? You can stop the conversation and ask the other person, like, how are you feeling right now as you're telling me this? And really get real on what everyone's feeling in a moment, mm -hmm. because likely someone, you or them, are having a fear-based emotion. Could be some resentment, some hopelessness, defensiveness, whatever. When you take a moment and bring yourself back to center, that's when you can stop being defensive in that moment, you know? Um, I, I have like a little mantra I say in my head sometimes when I'm, you know, if Gary's coming at me with something and I'm like, ah, uh, cause what happens in our heads? Oh my God, he's going to leave me. Uh, I was wrong and bad. I'm a terrible human. I don't want to be a terrible human. You know, I'm going to be embarrassed. I'm going to feel weird. I'm going to be uncomfortable. Yeah. You know, it's to remind ourselves, you know, I, so my little mantra is there's nothing scary here. We're going to work this out. That's what I say to myself all the time. We have been working things out for years. We will work this out too. It's okay. There's nothing scary here. There's nothing scary here. You know, there's nothing for me to fear. For me, that helps me tremendously to sort of calm down, take a moment and not be reacting in that, in that, in that moment. And when we're having that self-awareness, you know, in that, in that, here and now focus of, and that self-awareness, I remind myself that I want to have a loving outcome. It's like, I'm, I'm a force to be reckoned with. We're going to get to the bottom of this. And this could be at work. This could be anywhere. I'm thinking, we're going to work this out, damn it. Like, I am not walking away from this table until we got this figured out. So, and I, so, so think of that. And I will say that when, when, when you are getting feedback or when someone is coming to you with something that's bothering them, you, you don't want to interrupt. You shouldn't be thinking about your retaliatory remarks, you know, the rebutting. Don't do any keeping score crap, you know, well, about what about you and what you did? You know, you're saying this about me. Well, you did the same thing last week. You know, that's again, rebutting and denying, you know, denying the other person's point of view, um, telling them that they misunderstood what you meant, that kind of stuff. Uh, don't refuse to participate. You know, I'm tired of this topic. I'm not discussing it with you anymore or whatever. Really get front and center. You know, I have a ton about mindfulness on the website, you know, all over the place, all over the podcast, just search. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. That's where you need to be in those moments. You you really have to pull it back. 
and truly listen. Because when you're not, you are you're killing your relationship. You really are. Because now the trust is breaking down. Your partner thinks they can't come to you with something. And then they start to hide stuff. They start to not tell you things and omit and forget it. Things are really going to fall apart. Okay, we're getting there. Unhealthy habit that is killing your relationship number five. Number five, complaining about your partner. I, I, <laughs> some research shows that people complain once a minute during a typical conversation. I did actually a whole episode on complaining. I think I call it um, complaining. Uh, it's as... It's uh, it's like bacon, you know, it's it's not good for you, but you love doing it, something like that. Anyway, I have, you can search on the site or I'll link to it in the show notes. But, and that's where the research is about that. But but if if you're not happy in your relationship, complaining can become a really nasty habit. That's what happens. And it's, and it's absolutely hurting, killing, destroying your relationship. Because complaining, like any other activity that you do over and over, it activates neurons in the brain and trains them to remember this pattern. We call it, you know, uh, what fires together, wires together. Uh, Donald Webb, famous neuroscientist. So the complainer, if you're complaining, you're teaching your brain to fire the same mental pattern every time you complain. So those negative emotions and memories eventually trigger unhealthy emotions, you know, like depression and anxiety. And when you repeatedly complain about something, you know, she's always nagging me. Uh, how how can he not see how dirty the floor is? It's rewiring your brain to make future complaining easier, which means it's going to be more likely. So as month after month and year after year passes, you'll find it way easier to be negative regardless of what's really happening in your relationship or at your job or with your mom or anyone else. And, and as a result of that, it's difficult to create a more positive outlook. Think about it. You're just getting yourself stuck in a negative loop of emotions and attitudes about your life. It's, 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 it's cancer. And, and let me say this. If you have a complaint about with your partner or really anyone else, the only one you should be speaking to about said complaint is that person. Maybe your therapist. I would even give you one very best friend confidant, but that's it. That is it. When you complain to 10 different people about your partner or Jessica at work, look, Bob, I left you off the hook. <laughs> you'll get 10 different opinions ab about it, right? And it becomes very, very difficult to know your own mind. And and what's even worse about it is that now, if you're, and I see this a lot, someone will complain to their friends about their partner, right? He did this, he did that, whatever. And now the friends are upset with the partner. You know, the friends are upset, but then you get over it. You're fine. You, you and your partner work it out. But now the relationship with your friends is really icky, right? Between your partner and your friends, because they're not over it just because you are. One of the really common things I see is, uh, and oh, I can't think, I've had so many couples with this. One of the partner, let's say, cheats in some way. That could be an emotional affair, it could be a physical, you know, like having sex with someone else, whatever, something, or they're looking on Instagram at, you know, hot women or men or whatever they're doing. Some, some infidelity behavior. And they tell everybody about it. 
because they want everyone on their side. They, they're they so mad at their partner. They want everyone on their side. They want everyone to say what a piece of shit their partner is, right? And oh, he's the worst. You might do this at work about somebody, any of the things, okay? And what happens, of course, is that, let's say in the relationship, then I've had these couples where they make up with their partner. They come to therapy. Maybe that's how I met them. They work it out. They, you know, see what's going on. They actually have a better relationship than ever. But guess what? Your parents haven't forgiven your partner. Your best friends didn't forgive your your partner. Do you see what happens? Then you are and you are left with all these unhealthy, icky relationships now, and you're judged. People are like, "How could you ever stay with?" You know, some people think, and people think this a lot. And if you do, please stop. If my partner ever cheated on me, I'd leave. You know, you don't know. And I say this with all love in my heart, but you don't know what you would do until that situation presents itself. And even if you have left a partner in the past who cheated on you, you might not leave a future one because that relationship might be different. You might have kids with this one. You might, there might be a million ways that cheating happened that now you're, it's on a blurry line and you're not sure if you want to call that cheating anymore. There's a million things, you know, where we get very lovely and judgmental, which I don't like when this happens and we think poorly. And so now you've told everyone that your partner cheated and now they're all on you about it. Oh, why could you make up with him? That's crazy. I think you're nuts. He's going to do it again. Leopards don't change their spots. I hate that. Of course they do. Of course they friggin' do. It's what I do for a living. I watch people change their spots all the time. I change my spots. I'm not a homeless drug addict. <laughs> I don't, I don't lie as easily as I talk, you know, I, I don't do all the, the horrible things I used to do when I was using drugs. We can change. People can change. I'm in the business of it. So I see it all the time. You don't have to be a drug addict to change. I mean, in all kinds of ways. So don't, don't tell me that crap. So stop telling everyone about it. And if you start talking and complaining about someone at work, and then you have to work with that person again, and all the other people in the room know that you've been trash talking Jessica, you know, in the office, um, first of all, Jessica's going to find out and now she's going to feel uncomfortable with you and it's going to impair your relationship and it's just all in the way. It's all in the way. Everyone's uncomfortable. Everyone knows these things. People are tittering. Ugh, it's just a friggin' mess. So stop complaining. Stop complaining. Focus on what you do want. Get, again, talk to a therapist, talk to one person and problem solve, but the complaining needs to stop. It's killing you. It's not good for you. Cut it out. I say with love. Okay. Unhealthy habit number six is not trusting them. I see this all the time, not trusting them. Your insecurity is lying to you and it will sabotage your job, your relationship. Uh, uh, what have I seen more than anything? Someone who is so sure that their partner is cheating on them, right? They're so worried about it. So they're constantly checking up on them. The constant scrutiny causes fights and they end up breaking up or having these huge, horrible fights because of the scrutiny, not because they were cheating. So, or if you're so jealous of the person, you were talking to that guy, you're talking to that woman, you know, and you're so jealous and that's creating problems, which again is the insecurity and not trusting them is uh, creating the problems. So, and then that person probably will break up with you and look for love somewhere else because you're so unbearable. It's so exhausting to be in a relationship with someone who doesn't trust you. And again, if you just are that 
broken on some level, then I need you to go do some therapy and deal with that before taking it out on other people. Like seriously, I, again, I say with love, you know, got, come on guys. You, the, the gel, I have a whole podcast episode on how to stop being jealous. I have a whole one on how to stop being insecure in your relationship. Like it's all there. But when we get into this distrust all the time and we're always looking and and try and tracking where they are or asking for passwords to social media and phones and emails it's it's out you know instead put all that energy into making the relationship great put it into taking responsibility for your side of the street all that time you just spent, you know, setting up a fake Instagram profile and tracking everything they're doing on Instagram or the fight you had to have about all their passwords. Uh, yeah, you you could have just been in therapy for that hour, feeling much better, by the way. And it doesn't prove anything. You, you're like, what are you trying to, you, it's like you're trying to prove somehow that they're doing something wrong and you will figure it out somehow. Trust me, that's what'll happen. They, there, something bad will show up and you will be so sure you're right about it. And it's probably not as bad as you think. Uh, but this is what happens when you're so caught up you know, I don't, I don't have Gary's passwords for his phone. I don't, you know, I don't know if he's, if he's got some other, first of all, I don't know how he had, how, how he'd have the time, frankly. <laughs> I don't know where he would fit that in. Uh, and, you know, at the end of the day, if he's going to be happier with her, then go be happier with her. Like, I'll miss you. I love you. My heart will be broken. I have no doubt, but I will move on because then that wasn't my person anyway. So, you know, really get clear on being in the relationship now, not on what you're worried about will happen or could happen or maybe did happen before and it'll happen again. <sighs> it's exhausting, right? I'm exhausted talking about it. You know, another way distrust shows up is not believing your partner when they say that they love you or that you look beautiful or that you do a great job. You know, not believing your boss when they're saying you're, you know, you're, you're doing well. It, how is this serving you? to not believe them. And I need you to ask yourself where that is from, that you're so caught up in this fact that, you know, they're, they're just saying that because, you know, they have to, or he's just saying that to get sex, or they're just saying, what are you talking about? You are beautiful. You are amazing. You are fabulous. Like, believe it. Believe it. Focus your energy on what you do want to see in the relationship instead of trying to find what's wrong. That's what I want you to do. Focus your energy on where you do want to go. Stop focusing, again, on all the negativity. You're wiring your brain that way. You're going to get a confirmation bias. You're going to have all kinds of nasty things, and you're going to think it's true, quote unquote, and it's not. It's your brain lying to you. So you've got to stop. And if you're this unhappy in the relationship that you're so caught up in being jealous all the time, again, maybe this isn't the relationship for you, and it is time to be single and in therapy and working on yourself before moving on. I, I, I just, I say this cause I, cause I love you and I don't want you tortured. You should not be tortured in a relationship. That is not a relationship. That's not what we're looking for here. It's certainly not a love one. That's a fear-based relationship. That's, you don't need that. Okay. And no, I didn't just tell you to break up with your partner. I told you to get some therapy. Okay. Unhealthy habit number seven. The last one we talk about today is the thing I see a lot of that's killing relationships is not answering bids. And this is the work of famed marriage guru, John Gottman, and uh, out of New York. And his research shows that answering bids is one of the most important things you can do to create connected, happy, and fulfilling relationships. And so what does it mean? 
So answering bids means that anytime your partner makes an attempt at connection, you move towards them in some way. Okay. So if your partner says, I really like this cat video. If your partner says, oh, I'd love for you to read this book. If your partner says, hey, could you come do this thing with me? Could, could you come for a walk? Could you, could we talk about redoing the bathroom? Whatever it is, they're making a bid to connect. I know it can seem like a small thing, like look at the bird in the tree, but it's in all these ways, right? And at different times in a given day, partners generally make a lot of requests to connect. And when the, when the bid isn't met, the relationship suffers. When your partner makes a bid, they're they're not just they're not just commenting on what they're looking at or asking you a question. They're looking for your interest. They're looking for your support. They're trying to connect. It's usually unconsciously. It's not like they're consciously thinking, share how great this bird is with me. <laughs> but that's what they're doing. That's why they're bringing it up to you. And so if they think politics, your children, what's for dinner, or dogs are important enough to bring up, then recognize and respect that. So just do it. Now, turning away from a bid, you know, not answering the bid looks like, you know, if you're dismissing them or ignoring them completely, uh, continuing whatever you were doing without stopping, like, you know, not even looking up from your computer, allowing your attention to be diverted easily, you know, like, so they are talking to you, you're kind of there, but then you hear a ding on your phone and you immediately check it, right? Text messages, you know, while they're talking. Again, note to self, unless you're due for emergency surgery, you can wait five minutes to check your phone. Uh, Turning away from the bid can look at interrupting or changing the subject. Uh, Simply saying, just saying no, like an automatic response. Just nope, nope. You know, just not even like a knee jerk, just fighting things off. And Gottman says that, he says that, you know, the, the bids, these interactions, he, his research shows that they have what he calls profound effects on marital well-being, couples' well-being. And he found in his research that couples who had divorced after a six-year follow-up had turned towards bids only 30, 33% of the time. So in other words, only, what, three out of every 10, more or less, bids that people made for emotional connection were met with any kind of support or intimacy, any kind of interaction. The couples who were still together after six years had turned towards bids 87% of the time. So those couples were getting their emotional needs met pretty much nine times out of every 10 bid attempts. That's huge because you're not going to do it every time. And again, in case you're not in a relationship right now, I will tell you bids show up in all kinds of other relationships. I can tell you as a mother, how many times my kids have said, look, mommy, look, <laughs> when they were little, look, that's a bid. Look, I'm up on the swing. I'm hanging upside down. Look, I got this thing. Uh, a coworker asking your opinion on a project. Uh, my teenage kids saying, hey, can you um, come to my game? Uh, you know, do you, it, my friends uh, saying, hey, I love this charity. Do you think you could donate? These are all bids. These are all people bidding. They're looking for us to connect. They're looking for us to have an interest in what they're interested in. And I'm not saying you have to say yes 100% of the time. You do not. There are times when I do have to do my work, but I will say something like, you know what, let me just finish this email or let me just finish this thing. And then I really want to hear what you're talking about. Or, you know, or give me a second to just, you know, take this pot off the stove 
and then let me give you my full attention. You know, you can do that. It's okay. You can do it. Do I do it 100% of the time? Of course not. I'm human. Sometimes it's like, you know what? Can we talk about that later? I just, I've got to finish what I'm doing or have some momentum going with what I'm doing. But in general, that is the really the way to be. And I always tell people a great tip here is to make a commitment to say yes to whatever your partner asks for the next week. (laughs) It's a really great way to uh, know that you're answering bids all the time. Whatever they ask the next week, just go, yep, yep. Going for a walk, Uh uh-huh. Look at the cat video, Uh uh-huh. Taste this sauce I just made, Uh uh-huh. Help me make plans for vacation, Uh uh-huh. Like you just... (laughs) Try for a week and see what happens. People often think that, well, if I start saying yes, you know, then they'll never stop asking because they're always asking. It's the opposite. They're always asking because they're not feeling like you connect. Once you start connecting and it really starts rolling, people feel more secure and you can really start to now have some breathing room in the relationship. Okay, that is it for today. Those are my seven habits that are killing your relationship and, and hurting the intimacy level. I feel like I was on a marathon today, just talking, talking, talking. So <laughs> was I talking too fast? I might've been, oh, well, uh, slow, slow it down. And if I wasn't talking fast enough, listen at 1.5 speed. There you go and get right through it. Uh, hopefully this is really helpful for you. I, I talk about all this stuff so much with my clients and I, I really mean it if in a way as always with so much love in my heart, because I want you to be happy. I want you to have rich, incredible relationships all over the place. There is great, great, great love here for you in this world. And I want you to have all of it. I love you so much. And I will talk to you next week. Thank you for listening to the Relationships Made Easy podcast with wonderful me, Dr. Abby Metcalf. And I've got two quick things to say. Just give me one more minute. First, I love spending this time with you and I work hard to make sure every single episode is going to help you move from any feelings of frustration or resentment or anxiety to that connected, hopeful, confident. That's always my goal. So if you have any ideas for a future episode or just want to say hi, let me know what the podcast is doing for you. Anything. You can email me at abby at abbymedcalf.com. How simple is that? And the second thing I want to say is if you like the podcast, you're going to go crazy, crazy for my book. My book is really good. I'm really proud of it. You can find it on Amazon or on my website under the shop section on my website at abbymetcalf.com. It's called Be Happily Married, Even If Your Partner Won't Do a Thing. And even if your partner will do a thing, the book will still really help you. So that's it. Thanks again for listening. Talk to you soon. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello HelloFresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.